Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. My name's Tom. I'm a lawyer over at the Collateral Base, and we've been helping businesses navigate the complex cannabis industry. Uh, This is our third year in the business. We started in 2020. Uh, One of the things about the business, though, is uh, you're restricted. You have to be over 21, and then there's also capital requirements, and getting a license can involve a lot of tomfoolery. We're going to be discussing that, and there's a chart that you can't believe that we're going to be getting into real quick. So let's get started on another episode. Oh, Miggy. What's up? Recording from paradise, huh? Yeah, this week I am in uh, Cabo. Last time I was in uh, La Paz. And, uh, I'll be out of here in three more days. Yeah, this this has helped a lot. Oh, a little yeah, a, a vape cartridge, huh? Started with uh, five of these. Now we're down to the last one. Down to the last one. He is using the vape concentrates. Uh, speaking of, you know, did you see this? There was a huge chart going around uh, this uh, week. It's been trending. The trending news in the cannabis industry world was the number of studies that have been done recently. Off of a bibliometric analysis? Uh-huh. Off to the journal, the JC Cannabis Research from Biomedical Central. It was also picked up by the Marijuana Moment. That's where we got this chart. Mm. This chart is the number of cannabis and cannabinoid publications per year from 1940 through 2020. Data collected from Scopius in single research. The year 2021 was omitted due to the year being incomplete at the time the research was concluded. I'm assuming that uh, that line that's just going straight north, that is the number of uh, cannabis studies being published. As you can see, they kind of went absolutely positively nowhere from 1940 through about 1965, at which time there was some more studies. Uh, Those studies then started to wane after 1980 until it hit, what's that, mid-90s, 1996. And so I guess that was Prop uh, 215 and and medical cannabis was born. And then just like, uh, that's, you know, that's an asymptote or that's um, parabolic, that thing's just going straight north. That that also goes to show you that the, the ignorance is strong when it comes to the propaganda as far as like the non-research because the, the 70s is where more when uh i guess unity kind of right like after uh civil rights or whatnot mm-hmm. uh you know do you, you know what i'm kind of going with yeah but, i just I mean, can't that's believe awesome. but it's the uh but uh we need more studies and so like when somebody oh, yeah. says that we need more studies i want everybody to have this chart i mean like you mean like this this amount of studies are are the 2,500 studies published on cannabis in 2020 enough, or do you need more studies? Well, even how about more reports, right? Let's go back to 1930, like the LaGuardia report or, uh, you know, like the, the fact that that's even a, a conversation, an argument, it's just dumbing the, the populace, right? Mm-hmm. What it, the, the, the dumb shit recently on Fox News, you know, I don't know oh. if you saw trending today that they're trying to link uh, that shooter, that horrible incident with, with cannabis. It's like he's a pot user. But, yeah, I wish people would stop watching that channel. It's just pure dumbness. Like, 
Well, they aren't gonna because most people feel their facts. Yeah. They don't think them, they feel their facts because facts they just feel like, you know, heartwarming and like they just make you feel good. That's how facts are, right? There's no like hard like reality that you just don't like. It's just if you like it, that's a fact. That's unfortunate though. It's just to live in that way where you're just going to feel your way through things, you know, like, oh, I just I can't, you know, boundaries, they did exist. We have to learn how to, to learn to what they are, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. then you don't cross that. You just don't be an asshole. <laughs> yep. But I'm glad that, you know, there's the studies have it's grown steeply over the past couple of decades. And that's really good. And it's in spite of the ongoing ban, basically, on trying to uh, study this because it remains a schedule one drug under the Controlled Substances Act for no good reason at all. Which is hilarious. It's it's for no good reason at all. The algorithm needs to tap into this, though. It needs to understand, like, hey, there are studies being done. Let me help make... Well, they're probably also suppressing those studies. Uh, yeah, that's true. The real benefit for the algorithm will be after it is essentially beer. But until that time, they are going to uh, take precautions because they're publicly traded companies and they also don't want to get in any trouble. Uh, but you know, I wish that's, Congress would help people get out of trouble and get out of prison and uh, change the law so that the industry, it's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be highly regulated. It's still going to be really impossible to get into depending on what state you're in. Well, but, I mean, until it's fully like I saw, uh, you know, we had, a, a you know, box Brown on the other, you know, that one time and he always does the political statements about the MSOs are messed up and big and creepy. And, you know, I agree. They suck. MSOs, you know, like not everybody likes to go to Walmart, but, you know, and, and until it's federally legal where the small guy can open the shop, we're stuck with this bullshit for a while. This just because, you know, they don't want to go to jail, too. And hopefully they keep pulling their money towards lobbying. You know, you know, I it's it's hard to say, like, we're in this position because of all the activists, right, where, where people have lobbied and petitioned for legalization. And then these people with money come in and say, well, here's your market. You know, and they put the price of entry and getting into business to the moon in certain jurisdictions. Yeah, and that really um, excludes the the middle market businesses, the two to fifty million dollar businesses. And a fifty million dollar business is still pretty big, but it's not that big for uh, a cannabis, especially a vertically integrated cannabis operation in the regulated states. But then there's states like you know uh, Oklahoma. New Mexico. And today, June 1st, Mississippi is open for business, baby. But That's medical, right. right? Uh, medical, but uh, yeah. it's it appears that, and it, it looks a, a lot like some of the provisional stuff that came out of um, Connecticut, but with a little bit more, you need a security plan and an operations plan. And there are regulations, but there's not all that many regulations. I mean, like, so the regulations for the cultivation uh, is about 70 pages. Um, and you're able to apply and it looks like you'll be able to get uh, a license in the state of Mississippi. However, it's medical. And so because of that, how easy is it going to be for you to get a customer? Because now it's not just somebody's of age. They show their card. They vote with their their dollars to get the product that they want. No, they have to have a qualifying condition. They have to go and and have and there's no telemed. Uh, in the law. So you have to go to an in-person doctor and then that doctor has to write the script and then that script has to go. Well, it's not a script, it's a recommendation, but whatever. And then you have to go find uh, a place. So it'll be interesting to see Mississippi in the next 12 to 24 months uh, come online. It's it's interesting to see that what culture is going to involve there, right? Because the market is the culture when it comes down to like, I'm, I'm here in Cabo and I'm wondering why Mexico weed is legal in Mexico. Why haven't they developed uh, an industry, uh, an infrastructure? And I think a lot of that comes down to one: the cartels are trying to figure out how they can roll it, right? As far as licensing goes, but in the end, all infrastructure comes down to the winner is going to be the the government because of taxes. That's right. You know, and and this is a shitty conversation to have. You know, like we're saying, as far as like MSOs are bad and they create this high entry barrier. But the taxes, too, are going to be an issue that we have to accept if you're going to go into the mainstream business, right? If you're not going to, if you want to have a, the one day you can have a bank account when that happens, you know, when safe banking is, you're going to have to follow the rules and all the other things that lead up. To oh, that. but banks are so conservative. I think they'll still be trying to kick people out even after safe banking. 
But there will be. I'm here to see a marijuana bank come out, a cannabis bank. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But mistakes are always made, just like our next story, which is why we have this bumper. What's up? And mistakes have been made news. Portland marijuana production blunder has sickened more than a dozen. This is coming out of us from OregonLive.com. And so it was a calamitous mix-up, as they called it. <laughs> and uh, a marijuana bottling plant uh, originated with a single employee who confused two similar buckets with nearly, identif- nearly identical identification numbers, according to the state report. The report does not specify whether manufacturer Cureleaf or Curleaf had any quality control measures in place to catch such mistakes. Uh, that is a big no-no in certain regulatory uh, jurisdictions, you know, where you have to have QA compliance plans. Yeah. And those QA compliance plans are a condition of your license. Well, uh, yeah. In the manufacturing world, a lot of times you're doing one thing at a time anyway. So these dumbasses, you kind of, like, it seems to me, currently, to hear these guys involved in so many accidents, it's, it's because of their lack. It's just, they're full of money, you know? It's like a boat. They, they haven't created the SOPs ahead of time. Whereas the little guy, you better believe you have your SOPs down right now because if you end up having to, they're going to pay a couple of million dollar fine. Let's see what the fine is going to be. And so, um, following Curly's blunder, let me just add this back to this stream. Let's see. Uh, public records, first director, how many? A dozen people thought they were taking benign CBD. Instead, they were taking jumbo doses of THC. Five customers reported going to the emergency room after taking the mislabeled drops. Uh, And two said they were driving when they were incapacitated by an unexpected uh, marijuana high. Now, that is a record 70-day suspension from the Oregon regulators and a record $200,000 fine. Which ain't shit to an MSO, but if it was a small guy, that would put you out for more than the, the time already that the, you've been punished. That, that's and that's the unfairness of the market right now. That that's in the, of, of the prohibition. Period. Yeah. Well, um, oops. You know, uh, and and they have the ability to pay for that. But when we went and toured that one place uh, last year in, in Washington. They had a whole person whose job was the QAQC person. And they yeah. just sit, sat there and they had SOPs and they went over all that stuff. But, you know, I don't know how closely labeled these two bottles were. And it's too bad that it happened. But it's a 70 days uh, suspension and a $200,000 fine. Now, that would just knock some other people out. But with yeah. Curly being publicly traded, they're like, OK, you're all fired. We'll just open up shop in 70 days. And again, how do you fuck up so bad? Like, how do you, if you're making two different products, two. And so you really should have protocols and policies and SOPs all in place. And I I realize that Oregon was one of the more open states uh, before a lot of moratoriums happened. And so it was easier to get a license there. But I assume they're still having regulations and then they still require you to be compliant with those regulations. If you're doing all the FDA requirement stuff anyways, if the GMP and the manufacturing processes stuff, like, again, the sexy business talk stuff that, you know, it's how you make your money. You know, it's all part of the, the manufacturing thing, right? Like, there's this whole industry. I think a lot of people, like, they, they, they we all want craft businesses to be in existence. Mm-hmm. But right now, because of just the way it's not uniformly, the law is not right. You know, and, and I, I, I still think some of these bigger business should put more into like the prisoners issues or advocating something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But then again, greed has become part of the industry and that greed is not always rewarded. In fact, we do have uh, some stock news to report. Canopy Growth lost 578 million Canadian dollars, so it's only like um, 80% of 578 million uh, in American dollars uh, last quarter, as its cannabis revenues have plunged. Uh, this is coming out of MJ Biz Daily. I don't really understand why, but uh, Miggy, why do you think uh, Canopy Growth lost another 578.6 million Canadian dollars? And right here. They do do the math for us. That's 450, 
454 million American dollars uh, last year. I think you just you just have a lot of so-called businessmen who, who think they're in business and, and they don't really know the numbers of business as far as like, you know, uh, supply and demand. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's, there's the whole, I mean, like I don't have, I did a little bit of marketing, but I don't have like a business degree. But as someone who sold flour, you know, I could say I was like a middleman. And I understand, uh, uh, you know, having too much or not enough. And a lot of these, 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 I can't even grow. just seems again, like a boat with, you know, the hole in it. They say, just, you know, keep throwing money into it. Cause they're going to keep just like, uh, what we just talked about with, the um, the non SOPs, you know, they're just mm-hmm. throwing money at this thing and trying to shape it into a thing that they hope they got it. seduced, I think by the spreadsheets. Yeah. And so it wasn't really about the market demand as much as they looked at, well, people are always going to buy it. So that was an assumption, false mm-hmm. assumption, A. But then here's what our output velocity will be because it's an agricultural commodity. So we can do real easy math to see our um, top line. And then we could put a number to that. So like, here's the yield. Here's what we're going to sell it at. Oh, we're going to make so much money. And then, of course, they build these huge greenhouses and they hire yeah. all these people. They, hire, they They raise all this money. And now they're slashing 8% of its workforce, which is 245 employees. And they're trying to save uh, money, which is interesting. You know, usually in business, you try to save money because if you don't, you may have to go out of business. Well, you know, it's funny because cannabis is still that unique animal because prohibition being so new and people have suffered for it, still alive. I'm watching here uh, this morning South Park, but it's the whole Tegrity series. Oh, the Tegrity series is great. Yeah, it starts with him moving out, but then, like, I'm watching Randy go mad, right? He starts out, like, I want to live out in the farm. I want to get away from everything. And then he makes money at weed. And now it's become, like, let me stop the home grows. And it Mm -hmm. just kind of, like, just seems He immediately immediately pulls the the rope up after he's on the ship. He's like, oh, oh my gosh, yes, this is great. I love having a weed farm. Okay, nobody else. Nobody else gets a weed farm. Yeah. And that just kind of seems to me how like it's par for the course, like and it has been, right? Like here, here we are advocating for it. I could have, we, you know, you're in a legal state. I'm in a legal state, but you know, ideally, what I want to do is not hide this when I come across and just be like, hey, you know, it's not even a thing because it's not. I you guys do- still do not have consumption lounges in Washington State, right? No. Wow. No. And, and, and there's this big, weird fear-mongering about it. And when I say fear-mongering, because there's no one else harboring against it, but there's in the back of people's head, right? There's like a cloud of like, it's going to be okay. Like we can have bars, but we can't have smoke lounges. It's, it's a, a silly quandary. Like, it's going to make society worse. And you really can't get worse than we got now. Oh, goodness. Yeah, the society is just like... Watching the news, I mean, no matter what the story is, it still is just a train wreck happening in real time. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. And then you see like what's coming out of Canada and you're like, well, and they're screwing up weed. You know, well, that's why we should be more legal as far as when we talk about legality. It's like deschedule, deschedule, get people out of jail, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stop putting people in jail and uh, uh, create a market that's going to be an infrastructure with taxes and whatnot. Create an American market. Don't create yeah. a Russian market. Don't create these MSOs, this oligopoly. Don't make it $10 million to open a grow, and that's the cheapest one. You know, make it some so that people can actually get into the industry. Some states are doing it. Some states aren't. And I think the states that aren't doing it, when they do have to deal full legalization, they're going to be the ones that are really going to have bad industry or, or bad uh cannabis um, business or whatever. businesses or markets yeah. in their state yeah but see again every state that's legalized so far has brought in pros you know billion dollars in tax revenue and where is the the, the, the cons as far as like the the increased vehicle crashes or plane crashes or mm. uh, uh, surgery's gone bad I mean I don't know what the heck's supposed to happen when legal weed happens but uh, that hasn't happened in X amount of states you know well, yeah the only cons really are um, inability to get to market and so if you have an inability to get to market the uh traditional market they don't care about that you know they knew it wasn't allowed they did it anyway and and if you have an easy way to license those people so they have no excuse but to get licensed if they want to continue to do their business that's the best i think they can do for the regulation and ensure that it's safe and pure and take the taxes and fix all the harms the drug work 
Well, the regulation itself, the, the regulated market misses out on the legacy people, right? Like there's a lot of good cannabis out there at a lot of good low price points. And, and if you make it hard for someone to, to just live, you know, like it's part of the reason why I don't make money at weed. You know, mm -hmm. I've always like wanted to, you know, but and, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, man, it's hard. And it's 20 past the hour, which means that uh, depending on where you're sitting on this planet, it is 420 somewhere. shit not bad yep collateral base is back open for business and we're doing our big launch tomorrow so if you guys got our email today great you probably went over to cannabis industry lawyer and saw if your team was qualified to get into the industry uh and and we followed up with you we're going to be doing a webinar all about uh, and that's actually going to be our little uh, thing at the end our how to cannabis is just going to be watch this um yeah <clears throat> so i've been working with again a canadian software company they might not understand weed but they do software very well in canada right. and um it's a nice offering and i really enjoy it and i think the clients are just going to get a huge kick out of it see i don't think it's so much weed that they don't understand but weed business right like it's like watching the integrity episodes where like you know, uh, they're making Randy, fun of Mad Men and those little guys smoking the, the, the PAX pipes. Well, and then like a whole town of smoking, right? Which could be like a whole country, right? We're not saying everybody has to smoke. It'd be cooler if you did. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of people will. There's a lot of like occasional consumers. Not everybody's going to smoke like Bob Marley or whatever like we do. But it's, give me a chance, two or not. <laughs> right. So, we got some international news. Oh, yes, this international news. Let me bring it up. And then do you have access to the bumpers or should I hit that one? I can find it in a second. All right. Tell me when you're ready. Oh, no, it's up. All right, here we go. Okay. A court of appeals has acquitted a man on death row accused of trafficking 1.8 kilograms of cannabis this of course is coming direct from singapore the don't do that capital of the world uh the court of appeal on friday may 27th overturned a conviction of a man on death row accused of trafficking more than 1.8 kilograms of cannabis after finding that it was a case of mistaken delivery uh, and and that oh also God. would have been a case of uh, the only time that cannabis has ever killed anybody. And again, it wasn't yes. the cannabis. It was the state of Singapore centering somebody to death for a measly less than five pounds of cannabis. The bad law, period. Like that's the, the you know, it's killed. It's it, it's killed people in America. You know, people who've been incarcerated. It's it's, it's separated children from their families. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it, prohibition has not helped society or civilians or so yeah i mean the fact that we've exported this madness i mean you just kind of like aren't are we better than this are we better than that i thought we were we uh well i'm just glad that this person and it was actually a couple of people that and so one is named raj kumar anacharma mm -hmm. and he was convicted in 2020 of possessing a class a controlled drug for the purposes of trafficking which carries a mandatory death sentence Wow, that's that's how you know that you're in a country that don't give a f about you. It's like, well, what'd you do? Well, they murdered me. Why? I had four pounds of weed. Oh man, what? it looks. He got at least he got fifteen lashings right before. Well, I mean, I'd rather take a beating than keep well, killing. Uh, no, the court of appeal also acquitted a second man, Radamas Bustami, oh, uh, who was sentenced previously to life imprisonment and fifteen strokes of the cane. After found being guilty as a drug courier, once again, if I happen to find myself in Singapore, I will be one sober motherfucker because those people do not screw around. No, it's very so, clean. Yeah, yep, that's right. Uh, the Central Narcotics Bureau, just as worse, it sounds like, in Singapore, knew that the delivery would be taking place that day and arrested both men shortly thereafter at trial. They did not dispute that they were in possession of the drugs. And during the court's judgment said that both men's appeals turned on whether they had actual or presumed knowledge of the drugs. And they found out, and the court ruled in favor of him, that he had ordered a chemical spray tobacco known as Butterfly, and that cannabis was delivered to him 
by mistake. And so, you know, that wasn't mine. It was supposed to be tobacco, sir. Oh, what is all this stuff? I am very confused. Where's my <laughs> butterfly tobacco? So that seemed to suck here. I mean, like he wasn't even trying to get it. I mean, it'd be a happy accident for me. Well, it was a happy accident for two men who were wrongfully convicted of having, yeah. uh, unknowingly having uh, cannabis, and that carries a death penalty in Singapore. So some days you may be in Idaho and you go across the border to uh, Washington and buy some high quality cannabis. Uh, and then you, you you fume over it. It's like, I can't believe I live in Idaho. And, and that's too bad that you do. But uh, at least that if you're arrested in Idaho with a small amount of weed, they don't kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to die. Uh, pedophile 15 means- lashes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's beat you, then kill you. Uh, you know, he said Mississippi just legalized the Pentagon. I'm guessing that's where you're at. Because he just said, we just got CBD oil out here. It was just right well, right. that might be what they have right now. The thing yeah. is, the uh, it takes time. And so, like, now they're going to start uh, issuing uh, the application. And so then that application you have to put together. I'm sure it'll take dozens and dozens of man hours to put together because there's a lot of back and forth in cannabis applications with all the documentation they just require. Um, but... People are going to get licensed. And then after they get licensed, they can go build stuff. Yeah. However, it's a medical state. And so the the seduction of the financial models that have proved so deleterious for the Canadian market, where you have um, like a canopy growth losing all that money, um, it's not as easy to believe them in the medical market. And so, uh, you know, it may take years for that to get to having just a hundred thousand patients in the state because there's only three million people in the state so then ten percent of the state if if that happens that'd be three hundred thousand people which is fine you know yeah well you know what's gonna happen too though you're gonna have the the, the like you said the license will be issued grow start growing and they're gonna also you know let's keep in mind these are farmers farmers that are gonna look at this plant and go how can i make money besides giving rosin press or, or just like i mean it'd be easier just to, to clip and get flour and flour in the end is what every, a lot of 90% of your consumers, you know, are, are, are equated with. A lot of people can do press at home. A lot of people can make butter at home with off of flour or shake or whatever. But I think you're going to see like lobbying and stuff coming from the people who get the licensees, right? They're going to try and change the rules. And uh, that's what happens in every state too, right? Because how many states like Texas, I mean, they still have a hemp thing, but now it's still a little higher. Their, their medical program. Well, most of the Texas doesn't really have a program. Mississippi doesn't really have a program. None yeah. of them really have a program. The thing is that they have um, the ability now in Mississippi to start a program. Like Alabama, we had that activist from Alabama. They still don't even really have a program. Yeah. Uh, South Dakota, they're starting to have a program for medical, which is nice. And so some dispensaries have been awarded in South Dakota and some grows. But then there's only like eight 900,000 people in South Dakota. Uh, oh. And and those those small areas with also maybe a difficult to obtain medical card and then a difficult to find dispensary or, or finding um, supply and, and finding the stuff that works for your particular ailment becomes yeah. trickier in these types of launches. But I really hope that Mississippi does great things and, and a lot of people get a license and eventually in three years or two years. They go full adult use, and they'll be the first ones in the South to do it. Well, you're also going to get a lot of uh, uh, in counties or, or areas too, places where the law enforcement decides not to like how how much they're going to force something, right? Because that creates the culture too, where if cops are friendly with the local grower, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this," and then you have a well-established like growing market because they feel safe and secure to do business. And, and then everybody else can be like, hey, I want some of that, or I want to be over there. And, and you know, that's going to create a big money generator for that uh, region, per se, you know, that market. Um, you know, and I think what who Rhode Island just legalized it too, didn't they, or somebody uh, up north? Yeah, Rhode Island reported on that last week. Did uh, we? Yeah, yeah, did you? I, yeah, I, I, was, I was in and out. You're in and out. You're <laughs> in and out. But let's, uh, let's move on to something yeah. else that's uh, trending out of Illinois. Well, weed can't fix everything. Low tax revenues from legal marijuana sales is impacting the Evanston, Illinois reparations program. This is coming out of ABC7Chicago.com, and they are reporting that uh, there is not 
as much revenue being uh, generated in the city of Evanston by cannabis sales to be able to fund their reparations that they had planned. I mean, like, what is your guys' culture like there? Are they, are they even, like, trying? They you know, don't like... have any new dispensaries. And so, like, again, this is one of the things when you do this limited market, mm. everybody, we're going to only pick winners. And if you have a license, you're a winner. And if you don't have a license, you suck. Uh, tough shit. And so uh, those types of states, when they have these types of plans to fund things, their math is all fucked because their math started that year. And they thought that there would be new dispensaries in this mm. city that's going to be generating stuff. And there would be another 185 dispensaries in the whole state that would be generating all this revenue. Yeah. But no, they went to a court and they're still in court. They've been released. Like that was kind of the cool thing last Friday. They dissolved that uh, temporary restraining order or uh, the, the, the stay on um, issuing the 185 Illinois licenses. But now there's still a similar stay in the federal court. And we expect that to be remedied here in the next week or so uh, when another opinion is handed down in a different court battle. But, you know, they've tried to set up uh, a, a reparation system funded through uh, cannabis sales and then the cannabis sales just aren't what they thought they would be i think part of it's because agreed right because they could be there if the market was a, be the way it's supposed to be but you know mm-hmm. the, the, you guys are gonna be a stalemate for a while man like i i really uh feel for your market you know what's gonna happen first illinois gets the shit together or federal legalization uh yeah well as long as we're holding our breath i think maybe we should talk about uh something else i mean this one also trending news in my opinion yeah much better trending news uh, out of a different state what up cannabis industry lawyer tom Hart. north carolina medical marijuana bill is set for a senate vote and a poll is showing overwhelming support for it this is coming at us out of marijuanamoment.com this is of course a a republican-led bill to legalize medical marijuana in north carolina it seems that they may get it through i hopefully they're gonna get uh, this done in north carolina miggy what do you think Can, can cannabis break it in the uh in the south, North Kakalaki. They got North it. Kakalaki. That's what the law of call it. I, I think they got it. I mean, they like to party. They like to enjoy. You know, it's medicine. Once they see that, like, hey, I can enjoy a joint and and, and not drink all day. You know, and and and, and you know, it's it really just it's a wellness issue too for your society. I guess mm-hmm. I think. Well, the poll says people really want medical cannabis in the state of North Carolina. Uh, and then they, they talk about some of the aspects of the bill. For example, here's the list of certain debilitating medical conditions. You just can't get it. You have to have a debilitating medical condition, which is cancer, epilepsy, HIV, MS, and PTSD. Very often a catch-all. That and chronic pain are also catch-alls. Yeah. Patents, patients could have up to one and a half ounces. No, no home cultivation. Uh, cannabis-infused products. And then that's going to be, you know... It doesn't look like you have a, uh, a cannabis flower, uh, but you do have uh, you know, complete extracts and lozenges and rosins and wax. But it says smoking and vaping will be allowed, but then a doctor needs to prescribe a specific method. And 10 medical marijuana suppliers who will control the entire market. Damn. Red flag. Huge yeah. red flag. Don't do that, bro. But... Um, that's one of the things that I'm worried about. And I see this and I'm kind of so impressed with Mississippi. It appears to be bucking that trend, but we'll see who gets the licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all it comes down to, right? How, how many big money people and how many people like locally? And that's, that's the whole point of any prohibition too. It enables local people to, to have a chance, man. Yeah. Cause I can go down to the local farmer's market and buy local vegetables, locally roasted coffee, uh, locally made meats and cheeses. Uh, and why not locally grown cannabis? And the, variety, the variety you get from that kind of competition, that kind of fair capitalist market is mm-hmm. amazing, man. Like when it was Washington and I could walk into a market and everybody had their own grow and jars and I could just walk by and they would let me smell it and smoke a little bit of their large poundage. 
because you know I would buy a quarter, an eighth, or whatever. But you know that's an amazing world to once existed, which is in Oklahoma now. It's right. just I miss it. Right, but then it's probably going to cost uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get one of those licenses in North Carolina if they're only going to allow ten. Oh, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then that's one of those deals where they make the complete comprehensive application, like an Illinois application. Mm. Um, we'll see. I mean, like even Mississippi's application appears to be way more streamlined. You still need an operations plan and a security plan, but the regulations are only like 78 pages per license type as opposed to like 500. Mm. It'll be fun. We'll do a, a webinar about uh, drafting uh, Mississippi cannabis licenses applications. Why not? Yeah. You know, and the, the people in the channel would love that. Hey, somebody wants to get there, you know, start a job, you know, a business. I, you know, it's an opportunity for everybody, I think. It's an opportunity for everybody to enjoy one of our favorite things that we like to do on this show. Uh, it's time to play Name That Strain. Bear and Bear. indeed. Oh, goodness. That's a beauty. Yeah, it's, that one's looking nice. Well trimmed. Yeah, it hasn't been really worked over. Pretty I got stuff. a little glare on my laptop, so it looks a little silvery to me. A little silvery. Now, uh, can we can we check out the number of studies? No. Oh. There we are. The number of studies and, and the, you know, the name that strain. They've been if, studying this stuff so much. If you could rotate that, it would, like, match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. The cannabis strain is also parabolic. Uh, this one, do we have any hints that we might want to do it? Uh, let's see. We haven't lined it up under 100 uh, day in Arizona. Damn. That's a for a decent weed, I hope. Cause, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Good, good price. But you know what? I, I, again, I didn't find any good weed in Arizona. I'm kind of sad. You didn't find any good weed in Arizona. That's, uh, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Except for what Chris Martin gave me. Well, but there you go. I mean, that was the, the medical some. grow. But, I mean, I bought some from the recreational market, and I wasn't impressed. It just hmm. wasn't uh, – it was kind of harsh, in my opinion. That'll happen, man. That'll happen. Uh, and so there's uh, some stuff that we can talk about, you know, this, uh, this little this little run right there. What's that? The so name that's strange. Should we just cut to the chase? Because I don't even see many people, like, throwing in uh, – It's all good. Uh, well, they got you know, some. White Rhino, Super Silver Haze, Ice Cream here. Cake, Blue Dream. Get a little stinky mouth. Stinky, yep. Go good and on a garlic bar. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm probably just going to share the screen then. Uh, let's let's see what this one actually is. Shout out to member Keith Van saying ice cream cake. Unfortunately, it is not. There it is. I'm going to take that garlic off. Breath. It is Garlic Breath 2.0 by Thug Pugs Genetics. Dense trichomes, cake nugs, and a rank funk uh, of leathery old foot. Total grow days, 121. Flowering days, 76. It's kind of a pretty, let's see, 76, so 60. It's a late finisher there, isn't it? Um, difficulty right in the middle. They kind of have some difficulties of it and some flavor profiles. Stretch was pretty big, they say. Stretch stops around four to five weeks. Uh, yeah, pretty sweet. I can't, I can't wait to smoke flour again. I, somebody's asking me where I'm at. I'm like, I am in uh, Cabo, Mexico. So I. Uh, this is the international crime. Uh, I hope I smoke, not. Smoke it in my butt. Yeah, don't don't no, be just doing international crimes, <laughs> Miguel. <You're good. laughs> I mean, you know, but it's a silly thing, right? Like, it's like the uh, the basketball lady. Or, uh, well, yeah, but yeah. that's Russia. Yeah. Uh, so we got. So we're gonna talk about that crazy bullshit that happened. Uh, oh wait, here we go. We got. We want to do weed history or the other crazy bullshit. Uh, let's end with weed history. We can do the crazy stuff, but then I don't have the crazy stuff queued up right now. Let me go. Nah, to that's the... all good, man. All right. Let's see. Is that the uh, the marijuana moment one about the FBI data? Uh. This one's in a uh, hash bash. Well, the hash bashes are, oh, where we're just ruining our uh, uh, history, history lesson. All right, let's do a little bit of history. We're going to Mexico, not Mexico. We're going to Michigan for this one. So, hash bash first happened April 1st. 
1972. In response to the March 9, 1972 decision by the Mich- yeah, Michigan Supreme Court declaring unconstitutional the law used to convict cultural act to convict John Sinclair for possession of two marijuana joints, this action left the state of Michigan without a law prohibiting the use of marijuana until after the weekend of April 1, 1972. I had the uh, the honor of being on Hash Bash on, on the Zoom thing two years ago or last year. I forget when, but... Uh... It's so wild now that everything's on the internet, and you know, because they weren't doing it in person, they they stopped, they didn't have it, and uh, the law firm, I forget the guy's name, but uh, I just happened to be chatting in the room, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come on?" I'm like, yeah, it's a good. It's it's, it's it's I think it's a, a great thing, you know, like the cause, and it's it's uh, created a tradition, and so yeah. uh, this year, in theory, would have been the fiftieth anniversary of uh, Hash Bash uh, back on April first of the year and it looks like they kind of kept it still in april or around april 1st uh the hash bash 2009 was on april 4th you know uh, and they, they invent they they invite people you know ed rosenthal yeah. dj short you know jorge cervantes tommy chong keith strop but their first one you know that i can imagine that was most epic concert it was um john lennon uh Fuck, there's so many other, like, 70s hot bands. Well, it was 1972, and that John Sinclair, yeah. yeah, John Lennon had a song about John Sinclair going to yeah. going to jail for two marijuana joints, and then that is pretty impressive. So uh, March 9th, 1972, was the real start of Hash Bash because that's when the Michigan Supreme Court declared unconstitutional the laws used to convict cultural activist John Sinclair for possession of two marijuana joints. Who's still alive and has a cafe in Detroit, I believe? I think he's in that part of town. Good for him, man. I'm glad that people are still alive and they're still working, you know? Well, a lot of your cannabis activists are not here. You know, it's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people haven't got a chance. It has taken forever to legalize this dang thing. Right? Yeah. It's 2022, and, and we're getting long in the tooth on 2022. It's June 1st, man. And that like 2022 is like a, a spry young chicken anymore. It's the summer. But um, what do you think? Safe banking? Yeah. You oh, sure? will it pass? Yeah. Uh, I hope so. I mean, like, this is all nickel and dime shit. Whatever they give us is, you know, I figure you, everybody should take. But I still think we got another uh, hard decade ahead of us slogging away and, and trying to get out of this algorithm, get it actually federally legal, figure out how to regulate it. And then turn the industry into something where it's open and you can grow, but it's not dominated by like two people. Right. Well, that's where the scheduling comes into play. That's the important, right? Like just to, 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 to once it's off the, I guess the pill books, you know, I think you'll have more investors and more business entrepreneurs. You know, it's kind of think about the number of pharmaceutical drug uh, commercials you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Or like the number of gambling commercials you see. Or the number of beer commercials you see. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you're flooded with all these, like... And, you know, we have to look at how we talk about recreational. Like, like it's a bad thing to, like, want to have a beer, you know, too. I mean, like, it could be bad if you're prone to, like, being an asshole. I don't know. But, like, some things can be, like, in moderation, you know, just like anything else, like you can have too much cake, too much like chocolate cake or whatever. But um, I just think I have to look at how we label things. But I think descheduling is going to be a huge number one. You know, the more act, you know, part of the thing is like we don't need any more bills. We need this bill's authority out there to be fucking heard. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the frustrating part because. But I hate the Morax tax. I mean, that's just so much yeah. tax. And then it's like, come on, let the thing get out of uh, and started before you tax it back to this, you know. Uh, it's the same with the MSOs that exist now, though. It's like it, the present structure sucks. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to stop overall is not to go to jail, right? I'm just- right. Well, then that's that's the, the one-page uh, bill where it's like, strike this from the CSA Act of 2022. Well, it strikes this from the CSA wouldn't all chaos and pandemonium like ensue? Nope. It would no longer have all those bank crimes that keep all the banking problems. So it fixes the Safe Banking Act. But what about all the uh, social equity crap? Well, each state's doing that on a state-by-state basis. And then it would, in theory, jeopardize that if there's no federal policy because of the Dormant Commerce Clause. So they do need a comprehensive regulation. However, they shouldn't 
wait on that comprehensive regulation and they should just start letting people out of jail. And so like make it not a crime and then I, that's going to create some chaos. Yeah. So then what are you going to do? You're going to well, figure out how to regulate it. What kind of chaos? The kind of chaos where cops are like, I don't know what to do with this person. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know so. how to harass you in your life. I don't I mean, know how to harass you. But then like the, the <laughs> cops shouldn't be harassing you unless you have you live in like the most sadistic uh, city of the country. Because like there, the the cops they don't have the protect and serve uh, mantra. They have something much worse, you know, the to become invasive and get in your way. You know, it's funny, dude. Like, we should. It, it's weird. Like, I, you know, I grew up in the the, the the fuck the police era. You know, like that was a theme song. But you know, when you get older, you got nice things. And you're like, okay, so a, a nice society would be nice. But and again. The the other side's just as culpable because like pizza delivery driver jobs are more dangerous than being a police officer most of the time. Like there's ways to make means, but most people's understanding of like how the world operates is pretty fucking dumb. Mm. <laughs> well, there's that. There's all sorts of that going on. Uh, and, and they uh, vote. That's the other thing. Everybody <laughs> votes. No, they don't. They really. Most people don't vote, to be honest. Well, they're pulling them out, so just remember that the dum dums are coming. So, uh, and their vote is just as powerful as yours. So, if you want to change, and if you're 18 and older, you're allowed to vote. If you're mm. 21 and over, that's the only time you can be in the business. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it's 21 and over to get in the business. Let's. Uh, this is another uh, technical difficulty bumper of an article. It appears that is being reported out of Marijuana Moment magazine from yesterday. Let's talk about this one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cannabis Legalization News. Uh, We're going to talk about this story from the marijuana moment yesterday. Uh, Marijuana arrest data linked, put to the FBI, may be critically flawed, and the Department of Justice is being asked to look into it. Uh, So what do you think is the problem with the data that the FBI is getting? As far as like how they're interpreting like amount of arrest or whatnot? Yes, yes. You see, they are. They're, they aren't sure. There's some law enforcement confusion, just like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Seems to be at the center of the issue is confusion amongst local law enforcement agencies about whether citations issued for cannabis possession under state cr- decrim laws are required to be reported to the FBI as, quote unquote, arrests. But, you know, part of the problem, I mean, it's not just arrests, but how about prosecutions? Because that's when, when you're trying to find the victims of this fucked up law. The their prosecution gets layered with other crimes that aren't crimes, right? Now you you made the first crime that's not a crime, uh, cannabis business dealing, and then because you be a happen to be a gun owner, now you got a, a RICO charge, and then because you're good at business and you diverted money into other things, now you're uh, money laundering. So now you've got three charges based off your one cannabis crime. So. A lot of it's going to be misconstrued, I believe, no matter what. Well, then, uh, has the data, because the data recently, I mean, as the state legalizes, and we've seen the stuff from the FBI saying that the number of arrests for cannabis is just crashing as states legalize it. Well, how many of, are they are they not reporting these um, tickets that people get for decriminalization? That's really the thing. Shouldn't we be counting that? Because that's still the state, you know, ensnaring you into the justice system. Pay a fine. You've done something bad here. Get in the line over there. Thank you. You've been served. Well, is that uh, who the, the data belongs to, too, though? Like, like I know in Washington State, for medical, there have been several people who've been raided. And so I would imagine because, because their raid's still going through the court system, it's not going to be counted because there haven't been prosecuted or arrested yet. Right? Does that make sense? Hmm. Like, like this gentleman was raided that I know of who had a garden of like sixteen plants, and uh, uh, he was a medical uh, guy though. He had a, his license and everything, so he pretty much met the requirements. Now, would they document that, or or until after the prosecution? You know, like I think a lot of times information is just held up, and it's worse than what most people think the the drug war has done to our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think what they're talking about here is just underreporting versus overreporting what they actually have to say. So, like, this is you know, 2014, Maryland decrim 10 grams of cannabis, just uh, punishable by a fine. But then the state police says they still report on the issuance of those fines. Uh, 
they arrest. And so one, one mayor in the city of Baltimore seems to have adopted a different system of reporting with far fewer cannabis arrests being reported. So it's at a local level. So one municipality saying like, yeah, count them. And then the other municipality saying like, don't count them. Uh, and then it just gets even weirder than that. So there's no distinction between these civil violations, you know, here's a fine and the criminal arrests, put, yeah. your, put your arms behind you, sir. Uh, and so the, the, what they're doing is a little bit uh, out of whack. And so here's the, the data that they want. You know, they should say, uh, oh, uh, on view arrest. So like they've actually arrested him. Uh, S, summoned, cited, not taken into custody. And then T, taken into custody based on a warrant and previously submitted incident report. Mm. So they, well, they I, just don't have it be clear. But also I would have to say, how about it's all equally egregious as far as uh, am I being entertained uh, as a consumer, as an American, I was just walking by smoking a bowl or sitting down in the corner avoiding people and someone smelt a crime and came up to me and then gave me a ticket. So that's one. Or at that same moment, I was taking nine buyers. Either way, anytime you interface with a human being, a law officer, I think that should count as a thing. Well, the social equity laws, they change all over. And so depending on where you're going to look at, some say you needed that arrest. Some say you need the conviction. Mm-hmm. And then there's these differences. And so we've had uh, clients that are like trying, we're trying to help them with their social equity. Like, what is this? And we're just looking at it and scratching our heads and stuff because the border patrol will very often pick people up for uh site them for weed, you know, and they'll drop them off at the local authorities and they, they don't get prosecuted. And, and so like, well, is that social equity or not? You know, are, are these uh, Again, tickets that they're getting? Is that social equity? Is that not not enough social equity? And then why is there too much? Because like that's something that Chris Martin would talk about. Like he was busted with too much weed or Craig Cecil. He'll come on and be like, I can't get a card. I can't get in the industry. And like so there's this like Goldilocks and social equity uh, applicants. Sometimes are exactly like the, one another because you have to be just right. You have to have just the right amount of cannabis that you were caught with in a particular jurisdiction to be yeah. able to give them that. That uh, here you have the social equity uh, well, stamp. This is that's what I mean though. As far as like when you when you said as far as like the like the border patrol picking you up and then dropping you off, right there is kidnapping. Right, you momentarily taking you away from out of your person and putting you somewhere else, and then you're not going to get prosecuted for any bullshit. You're just being a waste of my time. And a waste of my space, and and then we know, don't even know how to report you on data, like yeah. you know. And so, like these these particular municipalities in Maryland, one city of Baltimore plummeted from three thousand six hundred and eighty in twenty fourteen, and then they decrimmed it, so you're just getting the citation to just five hundred nine and fifteen. But yet, over Montgomery County, also in Maryland, they reported uh, they had a little bit of an increase. They had three thousand two hundred ninety six up to three thousand six hundred fifty one. So they were still including in their data those citations. And so if one's not including it and the other one is, they're still getting tickets. You know, they're still, it's, yeah. it's revenue for the state. It's a form of taxes. You know, they, they, they write that ticket. That's probably the, the best invol- you know, investment that that community has made off the back of somebody else for doing something wrong. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, again, they, any interaction with a law enforcement should be something that's that's marked down and, and be a statistic because you're, you're just put, inducing, you know, like your interaction with cops. I don't know about you, but I don't want cops come saying hi to me when I'm at the park smoking a joint. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's because I, I know it's not going to be a good thing. I yeah. know they're not coming to say hello and just want to ha- share a hamburger, you know, which is fine because I would. And yeah. actually, you know what? Maybe we'll share hamburgers. Come on, let's put that. A, let's get a uh, let's get a a banner, a ticker of that. Maybe we'll share hamburgers. Yeah. Well, the one time I had a, a, a positive interaction with a cop with Seattle Hemp Fest where yeah. I was volunteering at like six o'clock in the morning smoking a bowl and uh, the cop was on a bike and he rode right past me and he's all like just like the morning coffee huh and I'm like holy fuck like I just he just he kept on going that was it that was the interaction like no detainment no aggression more just like hey you're having a good day I'm having a patrolling whatever <laughs> you know yeah well that's, that's how it should be that's how it should be and one day let's hope that's what it becomes for our kids Uh, because then you know they'll they'll have a lot more fun and it'll be accepted and there'll be something that's a safer alternative to the alcohol that they've just been plying down your throats for decades thousands of years you know just give us parody with something that's a little bit better for you still great still great safer options 
Safer options are important. Hey, we have a few more people that are watching us right now. And so I wanted to do a quick uh, how to cannabis. It's not really how to cannabis. It's a, it's a, um, what do they call that? You know, webinar. Shtick. Oh, that's it. No, it's a shtick. You know, but then they, the, the reason it's a shtick is because like it's pointing to something else and telling people to do stuff. And then we can take some questions from the audience. Right on. Hey, tomorrow about this time, we're going to kick off Collateral Base uh, on a webinar called How to Set Up Your Cannabis Business. And of course, this could apply to any business, but you can go uh, register for this over at Eventbrite. And we spent the month, the better part of the last month, May, uh, rolling out a a Collateral Base program for our, our clients that allows them to organize their materials substantially better than anything else that's out there. And and so I want you to check that out. If you are getting into the industry or if you are looking to get to the next state of the industry or just looking to paper your books and records uh, for your corporate or operations um, more properly so that if anything happens, you know that all the books and records are in order, which is really, really important. Uh, and and it's it's been fun putting that together. But uh, boy, it was a lot of work. And then being closed for the first couple of weeks in May was was rough. SOPs. I mean, that's that could have saved uh, what's their faces with the labeling. Mm-hmm. Having it all in order, and that's the thing. And so, if if uh, Curleaf would have used something similar to this and had it in there, um, that shouldn't have happened. You know, uh, or there should have been some type of protocol as soon as it was discovered for the quarantine and the recall. Uh, all of these things are required in in our state. I'm assuming they're going to be required in your state. Uh, quarantine, recall. You know, label, quality control, quality assurance. I've seen it in all the applications. So where do you guys try to get in? Is there any questions before we hang up for the hour and Mickey goes back to paradise? Keith got a question. All right. What's the Illinois question? Yeah. Home cannabis industries are for stable local economies. That's that would be great if they have those, you know, that you're allowed to start uh, your pie company baking pies in your house and then selling them at a farmer's market. You can't do that with weed. Well, again, I'd missed a million dollar opportunity when I moved to Washington beginning, dude, I could have bought clones and grown them properly and, and went back to dispensaries and flipped pounds and made money. You know, just that's how the Jersey weed man made his money when yep. in the early days of the, that's like a fair capitalist market, right? You should be able to, we have to figure out how to involve craft grow into the big grow. You know, that's going to be essential. Well, it's the same way. I mean, it's it's a brewery, but let's talk about or a, a lounge. A lounge next to a craft grow with a dispensary is a piece of real estate I'm trying to develop and get some blueprints for in the state of Illinois. And so why? Because the regulations say you can do it. And it's also different. And, and that differentiation is something that you need. And that is something that a, a craft grow uh, can provide uh, that type of feel, that local aspect of it. But a chances, you know, Keith asked, what's the chances of getting a cannabis lounge opening up? They've already opened up several cannabis lounges in the state of Illinois. Uh, they have not opened the one in Peoria yet. And I still, yeah, that, that one's been in the works for like over a year. Uh, I'm not sure when that one's going to open. That'll be pretty sweet when it does. I think the closest one to me is maybe DeKalb, Illinois. So there's not there, that many. But there is event licensing. Uh, no, there's event licensing in Michigan. Michigan does have event yeah. licenses. I would love to see the state uh, take up an event licensure uh, similar to what they do in Michigan. Right on. Oh, Gary's got something to ask. Huh? Should I wait for the court to reveal that cannabis is actually hemp? Uh, I don't think they would have it tested in the first place. That's the interesting aspect of these cases that have come out, especially the one regarding the uh, aspect of hemp. And so hemp is essentially 99.9% of all cannabis. Uh, The only cannabis that would qualify as marijuana under federal law needs to be, A, taken care of very well from either clone or seed through becoming an actual um, flowering plant. And so that flowering plant will then start to quantify the Delta 9 THC quotient on the female flowering tops uh, to sufficient quantities to be able to magically become marijuana. Uh, and so the vast majority of that plant that the cops chop over, it's like, hey, you're taking most of my hemp. Hemp, that's marijuana. Well, just this part of it's marijuana. The rest of it is my hemp. Mm. 
the fiber ridiculous. Stock. It's just ridiculous. The regulation is ridiculous. It's right now, right? I mean, like the, we yeah. we're still not to the point where it's treated like common sense for just a plant. Is Ohio going to put legalization on the ballot? I have heard yes, they are. Hmm. Uh, and so that's a great one. Ohio, Missouri, this fall, coming to a state near you, legal weed, maybe even South Dakota, gives it another shot. We can't wait. And I hope that uh, you guys come back and tune in. And thank you so much for hanging out and chilling. And Miggy, you know, how's the beach? You going to go to the beach? Yeah, now I'm going to walk, you know, shout out to my wife. We're, we're just tired today. The heat's a decent day, and uh, I think we're going to drive to the downtown city of Cabo and, and check it out. So uh, Awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's well, a I'm going to go check email and then get back to work. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. See you guys. guys. Have a good one. All right. All right. Let me just Please. hit this real quick. Please. Ooh, ooh. 